part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Brannion and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna get it done eventually. It's gonna be and he's Luke McKinney. He doesn't say much. Yeah, we just remembered listening to the intro that we forgot. We had a great idea for an intro on the last episode, and we didn't actually get it recorded. He's been my son-in-law for a little while. He doesn't say much. And then it's just dead silence. (laughs) Crickets. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right, because I have crickets. Uh, Uh, Like now. I am here. I'm I'm here. See? He wasn't even going to say anything. Uh, Before we go very far, I... That doesn't even sound like crickets. Uh, Crickets? Hardly. Yeah, they're, it sounds like a like somebody scraping their fingernails on the chalkboard. <sighs> I hope that the Golden Globes calls me and asks me to host next year, twenty twenty five. That's a good way to get your hopes dashed. But okay. that would make it would make me happy because then I would be able to say no. <laughs> that would be a joy for me. Did you? I, I don't watch the Golden Globes. Mm. Uh, but apparently nobody watches Golden Globes. But <laughs> the uh, the guy who was the host this year was a dude named Joe Coy. Mm-hmm. Did you know about that? Mm-hmm. Now how I know. Do you know about that? I don't how know. How did you know about, about that? this? I saw articles okay. about it and clips right. and snippets. Now, <laughs> I know who Joe Coy is because I know comedians, and he's been around a while. But Joe Coy. Nobody knew who he was. No one was. And I thought, watching his monologue, my stars. I could not imagine being a person who has his wits about it. Being a, being a comic, as I've been a comic for as long as I have been a comic. And if the Golden Globes called, seriously, the Golden Globes called me up and said, we want you to host, mm-hmm. there's not a chance. There's not a... There's Especially, no way. wasn't it like 10 days before he got called to do it? Yeah, even so. It was, it was short notice. But I would know. I, I have enough self-awareness to know, and this is going to tie into what the other thing we're going to talk about. I have enough self-awareness to know nobody knows who I am. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no chance of, of a no-name person going into that circle and... And doing comedy and being successful. There's no way I am going to be successful. That's what Kevin Hart said, actually. He says he'll Is never it? do it because he said you have to be known by everybody first. And right. there's just not that many comics that would... Ricky Gervais is known by everybody. Um, and he's, Kevin Hart isn't known by everybody? He says it's a cold room and it's just not good for comics anymore. And honestly, a lot of the, yeah. the pushback I saw was for a Taylor Swift joke. Um that he did, and they panned the camera to her, and she just kind of had a sour face. But really, I think if she would have laughed, it wouldn't have been an issue. It's like now the audience is, like whether the joke was good or not, is whether or not this specific person it was targeted toward laughs. Like That's not fair. Well, that's what they always do in these award shows. If it's a joke about somebody, they pan to that person. Right, it could just be that she has no sense of humor. Maybe that's it. It wasn't a particularly bad joke, and it wasn't a particularly insulting joke. Right. 
I mean, it wasn't it wasn't an insult to her mm. at all. And so the fact that, but but it is a testimony to how the sense of humor in Hollywood is basically, you know, it's it's jacked up. You can't, you can't take Taylor Swift's opinion and have that be the standard by which mm. you compare everybody else. Because Gaffigan came out, Jim Gaffigan came out and said uh, his joke, and it worked great. It did. <laughs> well, it it didn't kill the room. There was some nervous laughter, but it worked better. Did you hear than... his joke, Peach? No. Go, I don't know any of this. Well, first of all, the, the, what, the problem that Joe Coy had on top of being virtually unknown and an outsider, which is a big problem. The other problem was he was noticeably uncomfortable. I mean, mm-hmm. he was nervous. Mm-hmm. And then when he didn't get a laugh, when his set started to go sideways, then he started making excuses. Well, I only had 10 days mm-hmm. notice. What do you want from this? Everybody mm-hmm. shut up. It's like, man, that's not going to help mm-hmm. anything. And so... I need to watch it now. I didn't, I didn't even see the monologue. Oh, my gosh. And so... Uh, so Gaffigan comes out, and Gaffigan is just a pro. I mean, it, you you can just tell the difference between a guy who's comfortable and in control, and and the, so he goes out and goes, "I ah, it's a pleasure to be here." Uh, he gets laughs just talking, just during his setup, because <laughs> he sounds like he's half wit. Yeah, <laughs> he talks I, like I, he's dumb. Also. I didn't even expect to be in show. I'm surprised I'm even in show business. He goes, you know, I'm from a small town in Indiana. I'm not a pedophile. Mm. Okay. And uh, but and it worked. And that was that was a sharper. That was actually a sharper joke, a, a, a bigger barb than what Joe Coy said about Taylor Swift. His mm. joke about was Taylor Swift wasn't even about her. It mm. was about how much camera time she gets during NFL games, mm. which and, is which has really been really overdone as a joke throughout the whole NFL season. So it wasn't really that strong of a joke, but it also wasn't that offensive of a joke, like you said. So anyway, so that was it. I just thought, well, if the Golden Globes calls, Carl, I'm going on record right now that I am going to turn them down for a number of reasons. I thought we already told Carl we weren't going to work with people who hated Jesus. That was an episode a few weeks ago. Like, we made it clear that our standards are too high to... Work with people to work, to work the Golden who Globes who think that they are right. good in their who they're good in their own sight, and they are you know well but self righteous. Here's how dark it is getting though, Peach. I mean, uh, Joe Coy is not an insider, but he's not a he's not a born again Christian. You know, proselytizing people, right? And and they're they are turning on each other. You know, <laughs> right. these celebrities they can't stand each other out right. there. All the more reason to be to kind of nip it in the bud and be the first to say like. Don't give them the opportunity to cancel us. I am not hosting your Golden like, Globes. No, can't, you are canceled. I cancel you. <laughs> Don't even call. You and your you and your religion of religionlessness, like the anti-religion religion is not some... You're bad people. We don't want to work you're with bad. anti-religious nut jobs. Oh, yeah. We can call them anti-religion nut jobs because they've been calling us religious nut jobs for so long. Anti-religion nut jobs. Yeah, that's it. Call I think it. that'll catch on. Neutral. I think we have the power. Neutrality obsessed nut jobs because neutrality doesn't exist. By the way, just quickly, <laughs> just quickly, 
Doug we have to talk about Honey Tree Bear Hollow. We can, but Doug Wilson was on Andrew Clavin's show. I think you want to talk about that a little later. I do. But there's a point, like a very specific thing that he said to Andrew Clavin that I, I like kind of encapsulated it for me. It was such a good mental picture. He was talking about how he, Andrew basically asked him why, asked Doug, why are Christians losing all the time? And essentially, I'm paraphrasing, but he. I was going to say, I don't remember that question. No, then, well, Doug says basically. Pastors often would enter into the ministry thinking it was a nice, cushy job because it was, you know, you got to sit in an air-conditioned building and think thoughts and read books, and you didn't have to fight. Right, and you could stand up and present your thoughts to people, and they and it was respectable. Like, TED Talks is how he said it. You right. could give a TED Talk on Sunday with some scripture in it, and right. that worked for a while when times were good. Right, but what he said too was, at, and maybe it was a slightly different point, but it was in the vicinity of that part of the conversation, he said, when we retreated, when those pastors and like with them, the rest of their flocks retreated from the public conversation because they weren't prepared to fight, they thought what they were doing was being winsome, kind, right. And, and giving, you know, giving space for neutrality. And he didn't use the word neutrality, but he said, he thought, you know, we thought we were just kind of leaving it to secularism and really Right. Nature and spirituality both abhor a vacuum. He's like, so what happens is when we retreat, like that's when the more anti-God stuff. Yes, comes that's in. when the godless actually move forward. They they advance, yeah. and I thought that is a great way to try to describe it because I've tried to describe this for some of our congregation people, like our our family and our church congregation. And people don't believe me that there's no such thing as neutrality. But I do think no. that mental, if you have the mental image of a vacuum, you step back because you're trying to make room for everyone. Everyone's invited here to this neutral space. What you're doing is going like, like sucking godlessness into that void that you refuse right. to fill. You're, and it's not neutral. It's godlessness. So. Right. Anyway. You can't suck you can't suck neutrality in. <laughs> no, it's going to neutrality suck something else into that right, spot. Right. Well the the that's been the premise at the church for a long time. But and we've known that this was the premise of the church. That that there were a lot of Christians for a long long time who thought that they could just not offend people. And that would draw people to Jesus. If we just we just exist in culture and not make anybody mad, mm -hmm. and yeah. that's our system of evangelism. Well, that's what Doug was saying about his. Uh, how did he phrase it? Uh, being a fighter is winsome nowadays. Well, now, yeah. yeah, that was his premise. Now, I'm listening to a sermon by him right now where he's talking about the Apostle Paul and how everywhere he went was either a revival or a riot, you know, and how he right. ended up in prison and all this stuff, and how we would view an individual like that nowadays like that had been in prison and all it it's like we would not be very comfortable well, with that we went through that we went through that in our sunday school church thing when we were in the book of acts we talked about that all the time right about the, how the the riots mm -hmm. broke out every time every time the crowd the mob mm -hmm. was there and uh and they didn't back down. They didn't go, well, we got to be careful here because last time we stirred up a mob. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to we're going to take it easy this time. We're going to be a little more winsome. That was that's nowhere in the book of Acts. Yep. Um, by the way, we're not recording at 930 at night tonight. We're not that's why we sound so chipper. Well, we sound chipper. And there's also a bit of chipperness happening in the background. There's some chipper yes. children. So that I'm seeing 
cartwheels behind you yes. and yeah. football tackles. I feel the ground shaking. The, your boys, your boys like to roughhouse. Yes. If if this next baby is a boy, I'm gonna have to do some reinforcing well, of our structure. The ten year old was just trying to put on his flip flops and march out into the sludgy freezing rain to go jump on the trampoline because he's already got cabin fever. He's been home from school for well, three hours. Well, he's just fully in fatigues from head to toe too, so he's, he's been, ready to go outside. And he's been home from school with nothing to punch or jump on for two and a half or three hours, and he's about to go stir crazy. It's time to go outside and. Get wet. Uh, all right, so I want to talk. I, I did want to talk about the Andrew Clavin thing, but then Luke brought up. Uh, tell, tell Carl about our beloved Honey Bear Hollow. Uh, you set it up. I'll pull it up. Their actual statement, because I think it's. Well, it turns out, Carl, <laughs> that there is a uh, camp, a camp nearby us, uh, so a family camp. It's not really a. It's a family friendly camp. It's a. It's a. Uh, it's been a Yogi Bear. It was a, uh, it's a KOA. It was. It's been a number. It's got of, a, a long history. It's got a very long history. Of uh, carry on. What? It's got a, a really long history of being family oriented. Yes, and it had Place owners we, that loved the community. Loved the community and kept prices low and probably didn't make any money. Yeah, uh, uh, right. And then they just they just it was it. purchased last year yes. by. By new owners. Uh, new owners. And uh, they had a press release. That's what... Uh, it, this is a press release, right? It it certainly was. It was on social media, on but social yeah. Media. Okay. Uh, and it sparked a lot of conversation. So there's a there's a lot of history at this place. <clears throat> We've been there a couple of times. Have you? Over the years, yeah. Done Did, stuff, stuff. Doing their disc golf or just to... No, I haven't played disc golf there, but we I've done... Uh, there's been some events that we have attended that were at Honey Bear Hollow. Uh, so yada yada yada, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we bought the campground. Blah blah blah. Uh, after considerable thought, uh, we've decided to end the long-running traditional namesake known as Honey Bear Hollow Campground. Uh, we've loved owning it um, and intended to operate it as such, just not in the way most of you are familiar. We are not closing; we are simply rebranding. We are moving away from family-style atmosphere to a all-adult nature. Moving away from family style to all adult nature. We've decided to rebrand, uh, and we are well aware this won't go over too well with some. For that, we do offer our apologies. It's worth mentioning, however, that uh, we've there's been a lot of name changes in the past, which is irrelevant. Uh, <laughs> come April, we will reopen as Miss Haven Resort, catering to the LGBTQ plus crowd. Mm-hmm. This means the golf course and campground will be 18 plus. Um, everything will remain open for the 18 and over public. We'll continue to sell stuff. We will not be replying to any comments below. Right. <laughs> Here's our number. <laughs> right. <laughs> so don't bother. Yeah. Well, the first, uh, I heard that yesterday. Lori read that to me. And the, the first thing that jumped out at me was the disc golf course and whatever the other thing is are now 18 plus. So just <laughs> switching over to LGBTQ automatically means that now there's an age restriction on the disc golf course. <laughs> you know, that you can't you can't even go play disc golf there unless you're an adult in a skirt and pom-poms. Well, but but all they're doing they're catering, they're catering to LGBTQ and so now you can't play disc golf unless you are an adult. And I thought 
okay, well, there, that's, that's probably not even uh, among that crowd. They're like, well, of course. Yeah. But for a guy like me to go, okay, to immediately have to make that declaration because now it's LGBTQ. I mean, that says a lot. Do you think that the you think the community is expecting that? Like, you think the LGBT community is like, well, of course we're going to be for adults only because they've been trying. The LGBT community has been trying to brand themselves as family friendly. No, I think there'll be some pushback. Well, that's for years. That's what I've been saying. I don't think this makes anybody happy. Actually, we've got we've got uh, you know uh, the. drag queen story hour and it's all about you know it's it's families and kids and 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 lgbtq family two moms and two dads it's the same as any other well, family been writing articles like teaching parents how to take their kids to pride parades right and what to do if your kid sees somebody's naked body parts at a pride parade how right. do you talk about that Oh, yeah, I saw that, too. Isn't it great that we all have body parts? Like, that kind of thing. You're supposed to yeah. talk to your five-year-old about... Isn't it neat? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> about the strangers, yeah, riding around on bicycles and thongs <laughs> Or and motorcycles, stuff. Yep. yeah. Right. Well, that was what that was what struck me. It's like that, that kind of undermines everything that they've been pretending that they were about. Right. Inclusiveness. Uh, they have families, too. They've got kids. They all kids. have families. Yeah, we're all, we're all, we're all the same. Mm-hmm. And when they go under, it will be, well, we couldn't survive the bigotry of the community. <laughs> it's like you're just... Well, for that reason, it's actually probably, it's actually kind of smart as a business strategy. It's like arson. It's like they're going to take out a big insurance policy and then burn their own warehouse down. Like, that's kind of yeah, what they're you're doing. giving them too much credit. Like, like you did the Barbie movie. You're giving it way too much credit. It's just <laughs> dumb. I didn't even give it the Barbie movie credit. I just said it was possible that... They were trying, yeah, trying not to take themselves as seriously. Well, I, it's, it's telling to me, and this all kind of ties together too with the idea of neutrality. Um, and there's no such thing as neutrality. And these, they're drawing a line, and they're saying we're moving away, we're making a decision, we're moving away. And I, I got to give them credit for being as blunt as they were about it. Right. But I, I do think that it is telling and it's interesting because they, they've sort of tipped their hand and i would imagine you're right luke that there are going to be some lgbtq people who are not going to be thrilled with the way that they're being represented in well, that uh, announcement and i just want to remind those who are shocked <laughs> by this that there's a saying that if an organization is not expressly dogmatically christian it will swing to the left it's only a matter of time before it becomes a cesspool of paganism. The reason for that is the vacuum phenomenon that right. I just described. But it, even if you don't understand why, let's at least stop being surprised when it happens. Um, just just this week, you posted something about Sesame Street. And somebody down in the comments was like, don't go after Big Bird. He's just teaching kids to share. I saw that. And somebody else responded to that person and was like, "Like my kids don't even like to watch it. And like, It's not even for kids anymore. It's for nostalgic grownups who don't realize like the show is completely different than it used to be. But it's not really, <coughs> it's not really completely different than it used to be. No. It, Sesame Street and PBS in general than it used was to be. never expressly Christian. No. Like it was, the organization was never meant to glorify God. It never had a mission statement that was, that included Jesus's name. And so for that reason, yes, it has only been a matter of time before it's gone completely woke. 
And that shouldn't surprise us anymore. We should at least be ready. And so when it we're making... It doesn't surprise us, but it still surprises some, like some people. Everybody are, in our neighborhood. Are, yeah. Everybody who we go to church with. Yes. Not part of the... They just don't know what's happening in culture. Right. And, and this Honey Bear Hollow thing will be... It'll be shocking and it'll be appalling. And there'll be people in our church who will be, well, we'll never go there again. It's like, well, okay, that's fine. But you're still not understanding what's going on. Right. And you're, well, you're looking at this as like a, as like some bizarre one-off thing that just, this is unprecedented. This never happens. It's like, no, this is happening all the time. Right. Well, and, and they're the same people who are still arguing with me about whether their public school is still one of the, quote, good ones. Right, right. And I'm like, there are no good ones. And they're like, how dare you say that? Leave Big Bird alone. Right. He just wants to teach kids public to share. Public school just wants to teach kids to be Uh-oh. I have a kid crying again. Go on without me. You're yeah. closer. Yeah. Well, so <clears throat> I, I can't even hear your children. Wow. I got these headphones on, these nice headphones. I'm sure that's it. That's the only only reason. Uh, I I have, um, so I've I've decided that I'm probably not going to play disc golf at Honey Bear Hollow. I think that would be that would be wise. Plus, we could play disc golf in our backyard, like we, we have been. We're getting close. They had a uh, they had an announcement. Luke didn't read this far, but there actually was commentary about uh dress code and you're the you're Ooh. required to be dressed dre- clothes are not optional but they're working towards some place did you see that no Maybe you didn't see the whole press release but the one that Lori read me they're working towards areas de- delineating areas of the campgrounds where you can be nude and where mm, well that and, would explain the 18 plus yeah well i, I know but that's but that's it. I mean, do you have to? Do we need that? I mean, it, it, is that a is that a thing that we need in in our place where we live? Maybe. I just. I guess I just don't know how big a. Yeah, I mean, how big a group it is that's going to be out there. Maybe partially nude and engaging I, in I eighteen have, plus. I don't have words for that activities. Would prefer to avoid that mental image altogether. Yeah. I don't know what the theme of today is. I'm still trying to figure it's 22 minutes. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to title this episode. Feels like a hodgepodge. It is, it is sort of a hodgepodge. Back to the old days. This is the format that we know and love <laughs> where we just talk about what we wanted to. Here's what I want to talk about or what I looked <gasps> up today. Wait, what? Seriously? Seriously? So, there was a post on Reddit, Our Christianity, and it was a, a woman who was posted a picture with her kids talking about how she didn't, because of her faith and all that, she didn't have, like, a friend group that she could relate to, and so she was investing in her kids or whatever. And there was all these comments about how that she was a Pharisee and that Jesus hung out with sinners and that she's brainwashing her kids. Just all, just all of this hate for no reason, really. Um, and that... That comment, Jesus hung out with sinners, <laughs> is lobbied by atheists at Christians every single day. I don't know that it's lobbied by a, I You're right, but I think it's the and progressive it's not, Christians. It's not that even lobby true it. to say that Jesus hung out with. He reached out to sinners. He didn't hang out 
<laughs> he called them to repentance. Okay. If you want to talk about the toxicity on female TikTok or whatever, mommy TikTok. <laughs> Reddit. Oh, okay, Reddit. But the, the point is, yeah, anywhere that somebody's What's posting, a woman doing on Reddit anyway? Somebody's posted a picture about their kids, then you're, gonna, you're guaranteed to get some of these comments. And Tabby... Well, all the sisters and I have now got a running thing where we have our we post our daily dose of bad advice, <laughs> like that you found. Yes, like so comments we found in the wild. Like Tabby's Tabby's comment the other day was, "Ah, I love the smell of bad advice in the morning." <laughs> <laughs> and it's this lady you can see her picture there. Uh, and she says, I, I can you not, it's got Tabby's name above it because she texted it. And so when I read it, at first I didn't realize it was a screenshot. <laughs> I was like, what is she talking about? <laughs> this is what it says. Your friend didn't help you celebrate your birthday, but helps other friends celebrate. Take it personal. <laughs> yes, personal. <laughs> not personally. Family members invite certain family members to gatherings, but not you. Take it personal. Someone says or does hurtful things to you, take it personal. Your friend jumps for everybody else but moves in slow motion when it comes to you, take it personal. You feel left out, unseen, unheard, and judged. Take it personal because it is. And then it goes on, though, because it says, your babies want extra snuggle time to sleep in your bed and go on an adventure with you? Take it personal. You feel loved, respected, cared for, and valued? Take it personal because it is. People treat you exactly how they feel about you, and it's okay to take that personally. 2024 motto, heart, 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 heart. <laughs> That's a long motto. <laughs> Marla read it. How many like, paragraphs is that motto? <laughs> Marla's comment was, sniff, 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 you. <laughs> the smell of bad advice in the morning. Oh, my gosh. Well, Jesus did hang out with sinners. Well, was, my my response to that particular meme Down was, the corner. wait a second. That's why I don't go to church. Why? Jesus hung out with sinners. Why are we assuming, <clears throat> ladies, why are we assuming that the babies are taking advantage of our time for good reasons? Like, it's the exact same situation. Like, if the... T- I was like, it doesn't have anything to do with the babies. It has to do with the mothers getting attention and glory for themselves. Right, but she, That's, but they're saying this is a sign of what you feel loved and needed. And you've got this, you know, you've got somebody who wants to be with you and that you should take personally when it's the baby. But when it's your friend who just wants to take from you. Like, you should be offended about that because they never do anything in return. And it's like, when was the last time your toddler did something for you in return? When did your toddler remember your birthday? I don't birthday? understand why they get credit. For, the babies get credit for being loving and, like, making you feel good while your friends are being thrown shade because they made you feel, like, unnecessary and unwanted. I was like, I said to the ladies... No one is better than a small child at thinking their issues are emergencies while everyone else's are opportunities to go in slow motion. If the women in America can find a way to spin that positively because it's nice to be loved, I know they can go ahead and find the bright side when their cousin or friend or coworker acts like a thoughtless, self-centered baby. But no, they, no. they won't. And that was, that was Tabby's. And then the one that I found this week 
was I think I sent it to you guys too. First of all, there's a video where a lady was talking about how she regrets having her 10 year old. And the only reason she did is because her husband pressured her. She had always said she didn't <laughs> want kids, but then she decided to give one to her husband. Give one to that husband. Now she's hers. like regretting it. But um, this lady in the comments of that video was like, after hearing this woman confess that like, she's never felt any kind of affection for her 10 year old. Um, she goes, I think sometimes we forget that we're animals too. And many oh, species yeah. of mothers have been known to abandon or disconnect from their young. A threat to their well-being or safety of the mother will often be the reason for this. The human instincts probably work similarly, but society will encourage and expect us women to soldier on despite that turmoil or chemical imbalance or mental pressure. Doesn't she realize that society is also animals? I we mean, will, if, we are if just, she gets to be an animal, the rest of us get to be animals, too. We are deconstructing literally everything. <laughs> I saw this coming. <laughs> to be fair, when women were, like, labeling everything their husbands did as abusive, I was like, it is only a matter of time before they start labeling their children as being abusive, too. But, <laughs> but yeah, my point was, like, wow, if only we were allowed to embrace our animal instincts and just abandon our young. <laughs> Stupid society. <laughs> or Stupid society holding us to these expectations and all this pressure to like well, for now, yeah, stay so. with our kids. Oh my it, gosh. It is something when you've got a society that's as permissive as ours is and you still feel like the cage is too small. Yep. There's society will let you do literally anything, including decide decide your own gender. And this person is still saying, Society just has too high a bar set. So if you want to open up anytime you want i should say anytime you want to tell us what reddit has to say that's bad i will come prepared with another example in the same vein because there is never a shortage of females giving bad advice on social media to each other well what is specifically the problem with saying jesus hung out with sinners he didn't hang out with them hang i want to know what luke says hang out means buddy yeah, he didn't. He didn't have fellowship with sinners. He he called them to. He he preached the gospel like at all times when he was with these people. Yeah, but people don't know what gospel means. They think gospel does mean I love you. We're best friends. Repent and follow me. Right. Repent and sin no more. Right. People don't know what repentance is. I, I'm agreeing with you. Mm-hmm. I I just think that the the. The term hang out with people. Jesus hung out with sinners is, and Mandy said buddy, buddy, and you said the same thing. It's equating Jesus with the human beings mm-hmm. with, that he associated with. Mm-hmm. And it's also uh, the, his motivation for hanging out when I've seen that quote is, you know, he was lifting up the poor. He was, he was uh, elevating the oppressed. Mm-hmm. He was speaking to the powerful and, and destroying their systems. None of that, none of that is true, right? but it makes Jesus, uh, it makes Jesus equal with the people that he was associated with. Jesus did not hang out with sinners in that he and the sinners had something in common and they got together and, and he said, man, you're, you got it going on, bro. I'm here for you. I know you're doing yeah. the best you can. Y'all are and, the realest. Yeah, I'm like here those for you. church people. Yeah, not like the <laughs> church people. <laughs> so Jesus did, and didn't actually hang out with anybody. He was holy the whole time he was here, and holy means set apart. And so he was on earth 
but he was never actually, you know, at our level mm-hmm. at any point when he was here. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of other posts. Why do Christians care so much about sex, but not orphans and widows? That, that's another accusation that gets thrown around. <laughs> that's, another thing, that's another thing that Clavin <laughs> has been known to say about the church. is like, listen, let's just kind of table the whole whether homosexuality is wrong thing. All I want to know is, why do we not tell a glutton that he can't be a Christian unless he stops being a glutton? What we do tell the gay person, they have to stop being gay. And it's like... Andrew, we're supposed to be seeing both of them need to stop. I don't know where you've been, but like last I checked, it was pretty much only the homosexuals right now who are like insisting. Right. Insisting that we need to. There are no glutton parades. For now. Like if that changes, then sure, I will be there to remind them that that's not how Christians behave. But yeah, right now. We're moving towards that. There there are already uh, divorce celebrations. That's true. We make cakes and we have parties for the divorce. And I've seen some abortion parties um Mm -hmm. and so yeah we're getting there i wouldn't be shocked if there wasn't gluttony parties and uh lying parties deceiver parties you know i've successfully i think that deceived everybody in my life i think that that is the way to tell what's going on inside another person's head and heart though is when they are like well the church they always do this and they never do that it's like, right. that tells me more about the glasses you're wearing to view the church than it does about the actual state of the church. Because, because yeah, there are women who are like, well, you know, you judge me because I'm divorced or you judge me because I've had an abortion. And you've got, you know, Andrew Clavin who's like, well, my son just keeps getting judgment everywhere he goes because he's, he's homosexual. And it's like, I, I don't think that that's the case just because you feel judged that it's the case that you're being judged more than xyz other person for crying out loud we know somebody an older lady who recently said you know it's really sad that you know you can't go into a church if you're a woman wearing slacks you can't wear pants into a church because (laughs) that is a shame people are gonna judge you it's like no they're not actually the opposite is happening it's not 1940 and you're not Amish the the opposite is happening Andrew Clavin is judging church people inconsistently he's judging church people on the topic of homosexuality he's watching very closely only in regards to homosexuality to make sure that people behave the way that he expects them to behave as long as they're a church person and i think the same thing can be said about this person who's like why are christians obsessed with such and such it's like why are you obsessed with that topic because the fact that you keep hearing about it everywhere you go is probably because you're the one who's actually bringing it up trying to defend it you're trying to defend your divorce. You're mm-hmm. constantly announcing you've had an abortion. You're regularly watching to make sure other people don't, quote, judge right. you've you. You've got your, your black lipstick and your black Yep. I'm, Man, uh, people just I judge mascara. people who have tons of piercings all the time. It's like, how would you know that? Are you constantly marching in with your tons of piercings? This is how they want me to look in church, but <laughs> this is how I look. And so then judging yours. people. Are you walking in dressed like a certain way? And then judging the people's reaction to you. Sounds like sounds like you can't go anywhere these days as a Christian and not be judged for how you respond to somebody who's got tattoos. Love over verses, Mandy. Love over verses. <laughs> I didn't quote any verses. <laughs> oh, well, you have been in it, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Love over verses is a thing that I, I wrote about that a few months ago. Um. It's a, 
it it's a different culture um, from what I grew up in. There was there was a time I could I remember there was a time when perhaps you could have made the case that Christian people were sort of cliquish and exclusive, and mm-hmm. they had they had legalistic tendencies. You know, I don't think that you should listen to that music because it's not. So there there was there was some of that. Shouldn't play cards. Shouldn't play cards. <laughs> shouldn't shouldn't smoke. Shouldn't drink. Shouldn't uh, wear slacks. Shouldn't wear slacks. When was the last time someone even called them slacks? I don't know. That'll tell you about how long ago it was. There was some golf pants that really nobody should have worn, whether they were Christian or not. Luke bought some slacks on our honeymoon that that should be banned from church. Mm-hmm. Still got them. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that they were sinful. I don't think that they the slacks that they uh, that the golf slacks that I saw mm-hmm. wouldn't keep you out of heaven. I don't think. I don't know. My slacks are very very look at me slacks. Are they? They're baby, baby a, blue. Might be worth a couple weeks in purgatory. Yeah. You might not get right in. <laughs> <laughs> you might have Small to, delay. I only yeah. wish I had the jacket. Small layover. In the waiting cul-de-sac for a little bit. Yeah. But but the, the idea that there are all these churches out there that are not letting people into fellowship. They're keeping me out. They won't let me go in. It's like... Those they don't exist. There's no nobody's standing at the door of the church evaluating people on the way in. Nobody's taking a survey to find out if they've been divorced. They're not taking a survey to find out if you're uh, if you're gay. Oh, but when we do find out, you are, uh, no, but, no you even even that. But that's the thing. We don't even have to. We don't. You don't have to ask people that stuff because it's like Mandy says. Those people come in with huge chips on their shoulder mm-hmm. about whatever their issue is that they think they're being discriminated for, and they announce it. They mm-hmm. they tell you within minutes what it is that they have, and then they give you the side eye for the whole rest of the day. Yeah, checking up to make sure that you're going to react the way you need to react. That they that you're okay with it. That you judge them the way they demand that you judge them. Right. You're, they don't. They, they, they have rules and the criteria, and, yes. and you and you have to think a certain way about their clothes right. and their and their style of music and but their if homosexuality. I, if I find or hear about a church that does have some sort of standard, if they do have some kind of dress code or they have a, a conduct, you know, expectation, if they actually confront somebody about something even a small thing like recently when a a church locally is rumored to have told somebody we know that it would be better if he just waits till after class to ask his questions because he's interrupting too much during Sunday school (laughs) and if that happened if that actually happened I actually have a little bit more respect for the church right because they have some standards and like you say the people who are coming in and claiming to be judged and playing the victim all the time, they have standards. Yes. So it's this vacuum um, principle. Again, if you as a church body are not expressly Christian, and if you don't very clearly state your own standards up front, you will be taken over by those people who are, quote, guests or who are visitors who are checking it out because they're bringing their standards with them. Yep. And so as you retreat and you back up and you've got your hands in the air because you don't want to appear too aggressive and you're like, Taking steps, taking steps backwards because you you know you want to make room for these people and their tattoos. Right. As you're doing that, 
said people are mar- marching forward and it's not neutrality that they bring with them. It's, it is a whole worldview of its own, a religion of its own with its own standards and its own set of expectations and conduct. Um, and you will find yourself marching to the beat of a completely different drum in almost no time. Pretty soon you'll go from just the kids show that wants to teach kids how to count to, you know, advocating for same-sex marriage. We're all family. <clears throat> and it's like, how did we get here? Like, you know, yeah, advertising that there can be two moms, there can be two dads. Kids might even be born in the wrong body. They might need some help changing their gender sometime. Like, if you don't think it's possible for your church family to eventually get to the point where to you're affirming there. something like that, it's because you don't understand how this, how the war works. You don't understand spiritual war and how... Every time you retreat, your enemy advances. Right. So, right. It's a it's accommodation, and it comes back to that that philosophy that so many Christians have held for decades now. That all we have to do is just be the word is winsome, or if you don't have to, if you don't want to actively be winsome, all you have to do is just live your life and not rock the boat. Just don't make any ripples. For people, just don't don't judge. That it, that's it. This don't judge. Just don't don't have an opinion. Um, and if you accidentally have an opinion, then for crying out loud, don't share it. Right. But just just keep it all to yourself, and that way everybody will be loved to Jesus. And yep. it's it's it hasn't worked. It will not work. It didn't work. That's not the model in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. But that is absolutely the reason that the church is. It is is losing members is because there it's been decades of these soft sermons and and uh, weak shallow theology right that well, doesn't have anything it, it doesn't require anybody to change anything it doesn't require anybody well, to repent of anything it does require you as the church leader to change something it, it requires, requires me to shut up and stop asking people to repent it requires you to pass the microphone over to the people who've never read their bibles like that that does require some change but maybe instead of winsomeness we can just every time somebody says be winsome you can just ask that person now are you referring to strategic cowardice like is that what you want (laughs) just so we're on the same page when you say winsome that ought to spur the conversation right along when you say winsome do you mean Strategically cutting Strategic out your own tongue. Cowardice. Yes. Do you mean uh, do you mean capitulation and and ceding and, ground and because pandering. you're too afraid to be disliked? Is that what you mean by winsome? You mean retreating? Right. You mean I should back down? Do you mean that the hardest thing in the world for you is having to have somebody be upset? Is that is that what you mean by winsome? Like this is a perfect excuse for you to get to be buddy buddy and. And you mean, tell yourself that Christ also hung out with sinners. Do you mean win the approval of evil people? Is that right. what you mean? <laughs> yes. You mean get get Winsome. evil people to like me? Yep. Do you mean try to find some um, some common ground with darkness? Is that what you mean? Yeah. I was thinking about the mafia and how the uh, the mafia had standards. You know, they were like, "This is these are our rules, and this is what you will adhere to." And uh, and you do not compromise. And the church needs to be a little more like the mafia. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, if you had the idea, like you go into the mafia and you swear that the you're going to stay had in the mafia, honor. you're yeah. going to stay in the mafia for for your whole life. That's all there is to it. And if you if you try to get out of the mafia, they just kill you. 
And do we? Sh- we don't we have that. Do we that. don't have that. We don't have that in the church. You know, I. We don't have the threat of death. I really do think that we should challenge those who are tempted by winsomeness or by by making friends with darkness. Like, um, I think we should really challenge them to try to make that case from scripture only and just be like, you know, no mottos or cliches or like quotes that you're getting from. Paul was all things to all people. That's That doesn't mean it though. Like that doesn't mean that you. That's what they'll say that though. Also, that's one that they'll bring well, up. Well, that would also, then I would just respond with, how come you're never rude to rude people ever? Why are you never? Why do you never uh, show? She's got you there, but this Luke. is the same Paul that we just. the same Paul that we just said there. started riots and got thrown in prison. Right, so but he's obviously okay ruffling feathers. How come you're not abusive to abusive people? Right. How come you're not? Yeah, that's never what they mean. People. When they say, when they say, Paul said, "Be all things to all people." They always mean. Therefore, it is perfectly fine for me to always be a meek and mild wimp. That's what they mean. Paul said, be all things to all people. Right. They, so right. I'm they going never, to 24 mean, hours a day be this way. They never mean be blunt and be bold and Bold to people who are blunt. They bold. mean be innocent as doves, be soft. They never get to the shrewd as vipers. They mean weak. Part, ever. They mean I've, I've been weak. Be all things to all people. It's like, okay, then why are you on my case when I am as confident as the mafia? Right. Why can't I act like a mafioso? In you know, in certain contexts, can I make you an offer you can't refuse? <laughs> they won't have an answer, but I bet mm-hmm. you that they will not be able to come up with any justification for it other than yeah, bad interpretations. Which, by the way, they got from progressive Christians, and a lot of these people are not progressives. And if you tell them, hey, I think that a lot of your theology has come from progressive Christianity without you even being aware of it, because you've been backing off, and that vacuum has they sucked progressive shocked. Christianity into the void. Yeah, they'll want to argue, but I don't think they'll be able to make a case from Orthodox Christianity for why you should be the way that they've been and calling it. Why winsome. you should compromise? Right, right, right. Because they well, and because they use the words, they use words like winsome, and they don't use strategic cowardice or <laughs> retreating or uh, land pansy. Yeah, they right. don't use. Well, there's progressive wimpy. Christians, and then there's. Trump-loving fascist Christians. Like, that's the dichotomy that they... That is not our... What is this? (laughs) I forgot that I turned it to the crickets. Oh, my stars. And so now I have to go to this other... Well, yeah, the progressive Christians are... There's... Oh, that's another can of worms, and we're out of time. But there's there's not as big a difference between progressive Christianity... And the Trump evangelicalism, as a, as a lot of people might think, they're not they're not at polar opposite ends of the spectrum. It's the what? same. It's the same sort of uh, Boy, fanaticism. Carl, don't you wish you had time to hear the rest of that thought? Anyway, <laughs> don't go to Honey Bear Hollow. Thanks for visiting the Comedian's House. If you want to spend more time with our family, you can follow John Branion on YouTube and Facebook. Also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions. We'll see you next time.